It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 8th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosswijk. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about trade-up possibilities. More specifically, whether the Magic could trade up with the Toronto Raptors to make sure they get into that top four and why that why the framework for a deal could, could have some issues and why there might be some competition to do so as well. We'll talk with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors as we evaluate the Magic's trade-up options uh, as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft. Now just, uh, what, three weeks away to the NBA draft. It's going to come at us fast here, and so we're going to try and catch up. We'll do some draft profiles on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. got Alpern Sangun uh, on the back burner. I know I kind of put him on hold after the Corey Kispert news came out. Uh, as well as Jalen Green is done, and, and I'm ready to talk a little bit about him. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. Before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, coming to Lando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks before tonight's Game 2 of the NBA Finals? Check out Locked On Suns or Locked On Bucks. Want to revel in the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning? Check out Locked On Lightning. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we get into our conversation with Sean Woodley about the Orlando Magic trade prospects, I do want to just get the news out there um, that kind of broke yesterday. Uh, the Golden State Warriors appear set to hire Kenny Atkinson to be their lead assistant. Um, Kenny Atkinson has long been uh, kind of the dream candidate for the Orlando Magic for their head coaching position. It certainly sounded like, hey, uh, he's done this rebuild type of project before with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and it really felt like and sounded like uh, if the Magic were chasing after a veteran coach Atkinson would be the perfect guy. Um, he's very focused on player development, which is honestly why Golden State was smart to snap him up because that's a team that, while wanting to compete for championships and having the talent to you know, perhaps get into the championship picture, they also have a lot of young guys that they need to develop if they want to kind of sustain themselves beyond uh, beyond the Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson era. Um, it, it definitely feels like and seems like that that's the purpose the Warriors are going on. But what this means for the Magic is something very, very different. Um, the For the Magic, uh, this means that a, a key candidate is off the board. And it does mean that they're likely going to be hiring a first-time head coach or, or an assistant coach who uh, is angling for a head coaching job. The other report that came out, I believe it was Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that reported this. The Washington Wizards have indeed entered the second phase of their interview process and they appear set to interview Wes Unsell Jr. and Jamal Mosley over the next two days on Thursday and Friday. 
to me, that does mean the Magic are going to have to wait just a little bit longer because if I were one of those guys, I think I would probably have the Wizards a little bit ahead of the Magic on my coaching list too. The Magic apparently have interviewed Wes Unsell Jr. twice already. It does appear that uh, that the Magic have narrowed down to a small list that does include Mosley and uh, Unsell Jr. And so I would suspect that we will have a new head coach probably announced this weekend. Um, once those interviews are done, if the you know once it's clear where the Wizards are heading, I think the Magic will be able to kind of lock down their guys. So I, I would I would expect Magic coaching news to be breaking. Um, over the weekend, if not very, very soon, it does seem like we are entering the end of that process. But that's all speculation on my part. Um, you know, I did t- I did peg July 12th as kind of the date that that it would need to be done by. Um, Magic would have then two we- two full weeks uh, to uh, to 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 get, or actually three full weeks that are three like full work weeks essentially uh, for the coach to be integrated into the draft process, which you know coaches have some say but not a lot of say in. Um, you could definitely do your draft process without a head coach in place, uh, but uh, certainly things things should be picking up here for the Orlando Magic very, very soon. But today we're going to talk about trades. Today we're going to talk specifically about uh, whether the Magic and the Toronto Raptors would be able to swing a trade involving the fourth pick of the NBA draft. And to do that, uh, we uh, are bringing in our pal Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors to spearhead this conversation. All right, it's time for another Locked On crossover between Locked On Raptors and Locked On Magic. I'm Sean Woodley. Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic is here. Philip, how's it going, man? It's it's going all right. Uh, you know, uh, we 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 kept St- Lord Stanley's Cup home. So uh, sorry about that, Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Although no, I think look. I think you, you told me you were happy about that because because nobody likes the Canadians. <laughs> Well, here's the thing is to deviate into hockey talk for for a second. Um, there's this sort of prevailing sentiment among like normie Canadians where it's like, oh, all the other Canadian teams are out. We must root for the last Canadian team because we need the cup to be in Canada, which has never made any sense to me. I hate all the other Canadian teams more than I like the Toronto Maple Leafs. So why would I want them to be the team to break the Canadian drought of winning the Stanley Cup? So yeah, thank you to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's the first time I've appreciated Tampa Bay in quite a while, of course, as a Toronto Raptors man. That's true. That's um, true. But they uh, they they did some good. And uh, I guess that's some like karmic retribution. I you don't know. know c- but... c- considering, <laughs> considering, considering how much Florida has had to share Toronto sports teams, like I, I, I think I think Toronto can claim a piece of the cup, right? Like, that's a thing. I think, yeah, yeah. You got the Raptors pixie dust in that arena. Yes, I know yeah. Tampa won the, the cup last year too, but uh, yeah, I'm choosing, like you said, I'm choosing to say it's the Raptors doing. Uh, they got that championship vibes going through Amelie yeah. Arena. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll rub off on them next year. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so, Philip, the reason for our uh, meeting today on the podcast is talking about trading down from the Toronto Raptors perspective and trading up from the Orlando Magic perspective. The Magic, of course, have the fifth and eight picks in this year's draft. The Raptors have number four. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily likely. I think it's always more likely than not that trades don't happen, but the draft lottery happened and left us with a month and a half of time to fill before the draft. So we're going to exhaust all avenues, I think, for what these teams could do with these draft picks. And we haven't really talked a lot about the concept of the Raptors trading the fourth overall pick for something that's not a star. That's kind of been the whole, you know, they're going to trade it for a star. They're going to uh, use that selection to potentially try to, you know, 
level up and reach that contender status again, that's obviously easier said than done. Again, one of those unlikely trades to happen just because stars aren't super eminently available all the time, particularly it seems this off season. And so other avenues for trading that pick exist and the magic stand out as a particularly interesting team because of where they sit in the draft. And because they've been a team, I think that have been sort of scorned and, uh, <laughs> and stuck with bad luck in the draft lottery for seemingly a decade. So Philip, I, I guess before we kind of dig into the particulars of what a deal could look like, if the Raptors and magic were to swap spots here, you know, what's your sort of view on what Orlando's philosophy should be here? Are, are you okay? Are you content with them just taking five and eight? Or is the idea of trading up, whether it's to four, two, three, maybe even one, if they can get uh, Detroit to buy into both five and eight for a trade up, you know, plus other stuff, I would assume. Is that something the Magic should be looking for, considering how long they've been sort of searching for their franchise player? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the Magic are in the position where they need to get the most talent they can into the building. Um, this right. is this this obviously they they kind of hit the reset button in March at the trade deadline, and you know it, a lot. Of, I think the reason why they felt very comfortable, you know, Evan Fournier was an expiring contract. They were probably dealing him anyway. Aaron Gordon was coming to the end of his deal. That you know, I, I think if they didn't deal him at the deadline, they would have dealt him in the summer. Um, There's definitely the whiff of change, but I think what really uh, uh, for kind of brought them to trading Nikola Vucevic, who, you know, was just an all-star, you know, two-time all-star just, and, and honestly, I thought he was just a really good safety valve for this young team as they kind of figure themselves out. Um, Cause they were getting a high pick no matter what, they were just not having a good season. Um, I think what really spurred them to do that was this draft was particularly good at the top. Um, you know, it was a right. talent rich draft at the top and they wanted to, accomplish two goals a maximize their chances of winning the lottery which they obviously which they did they they were the third worst team in the league and they got the best odds to win the lottery um but also to get kind of a second bite in the apple at at with a second lottery pick and, and certainly they i think i assume the bulls would do a little bit better than they did when they got nikola vucevic so you know maybe that deal's worked out a little bit better than they anticipated um mm -hmm. so i think orlando would would be fine taking players at five and eight this has long been considered a five-player draft so you know i i would tell people that yeah, I'd be fine. I'm fine with the Magic Land anywhere in the top five. Um, now that that's a reality, uh, you know, I think that I think that the Magic would be fine taking whoever's left to them at five. But I think they also need to be very intentional and say we need to get our guy. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer that when it comes to draft night, if you identify someone that you are so sure is going to be a star, do what you do what you got to do to get them. Um, and especially yeah. with this Magic team where. Yeah, there's a lot of young guys, and, and and you want to say invest in them. You don't usually want to trade away trade away young players before they really kind of blossom and, and germinate into something. But at the same time, there's no one and nothing on this roster that the team should be particularly married to. Um, sure. Honestly, like Jonathan Isaac's still the only guy that I would I would say is is almost untouchable, but. Uh, I mean, his trade value is probably very close to zero right now, just because he's coming back from a torn ACL and, and no one's going to want to touch him until they see him on the floor. Sure. Uh, so I, I think that the magic are in a position where everything's on the table for them. Uh, and, and, and they've got, I think they need the, the first, the biggest thing they need is that star to kind of, to center everything around um, They just, they just don't have a star player right now. Um, they haven't really had a star player since Nikola Vucevic left. They need someone that kind of puts everyone in their proper roles and then and, and, and in their in their proper pecking order, so to speak. Otherwise, you're just gonna have a bunch of young guys kind of fighting for fighting for the ball and fighting for attention, and, and that usually doesn't help in rebuilds. Yeah, and, and that's where I'm super interested with the magic. Because you mentioned it's a five-player draft. I, I think, you know, 
the consensus seems to maybe have pushed Kaminga a little bit out of that sort of consensus top tier. Um, and maybe even Scotty Barnes has supplanted him on some people's boards. You know, we did a podcast that you're going to hear tomorrow on Locked On Raptors about Scotty Barnes with the host of Locked On Seminoles and, and sort of, you know, the way that he profiles, maybe he's a bit more of an attractive project to work on than Jonathan Kaminga. And that top four, I mean, there's a reason why Raptors fans were rightfully delirious to move up into the top four. It does really seem like things are coalescing around Kaminga, Suggs, Green, Mobley as that top four in some order. And that is very interesting to me as it relates to the Magic because those guys all seem like they could fit a need for Orlando right now. And I want to dig into that and sort of who they might target and whether one of those guys will be worth the magic moving up and potentially trading both of these picks five and eight to do so. We'll get to that in one second. But first, we have to tell you about our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. It is, of course, Michelob Ultra bringing you joy, happiness, and excitement, as they always do. And uh, they're doing it with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories to boot. It's a wonderful, wonderful beverage. And they bring you, again, the Ultra Moment of the Week. And this week, we're going to do a joint Raptors and Magic uh, Moment of the Week. And, Philip, I'm throwing you a bone here for this one. We're going back to Game 1 of the 2019 first round, Raptors Magic and DJ Augustine, Raptors legend DJ Augustine, hitting a game-winning three over Kawhi Leonard and Marc Gasol, two former defensive players of the year, getting their signals crossed in a pretty simple pick-and-roll coverage. DJ Augustine hits the three. Go off, wax poetic on that shot and that game winner from DJ Augustine, Philip Rossman-Reich. Yeah, I mean, it, for for the Magic haven't been to the playoffs very very often, and and uh, that 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 particularly like the like the Magic the Magic were out of the playoffs for six seasons to come into Toronto's building, and and you know we talked before that series, and like I was more optimistic on the Magic than than you were, and and for good reason. Um, we that series went about how we expected, ex- except yeah. the Magic won Game One, um, and. And I, I can tell you, I was I was at I was at work um, that day. I, I work I work at a TV station here in Orlando, uh, and our office is across the street from kind of the the downtown like bar area. And the Magic had sure. set up a huge watch party. And when DJ Augustine hit that shot, like the delirium and the and the craziness of Magic fans uh, to celebrate that moment was just un, unreal. Um, you know, I've I've not felt energy in Orlando for the magic like that in, in a long, long time. And obviously as that's even game three, when, when the magic had their first home playoff game, yeah. there was so much energy about, about this team and, and so much hope and optimism that, that, you know, unfortunately injuries kind of took away over the next, next two seasons. But you know, that, that moment will, will always stand as one of the great playoff moments uh, in, in team history. And, and that's saying something with some of the playoff moments this team has had. Uh, and, and DJ Augustine will, will always have a home here in Orlando. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever be let back in Toronto, despite his legend status. <laughs> yeah, I mean the legend status is a little bit of hyperbole. He played 13 games and was maybe the worst player I've ever seen play point guard for the Raptors. So <laughs> uh, glad he was able to turn that into a revenge three in Game One, like six, seven years later. Uh, it was a pretty cool little story and. You know, obviously Raptors fans don't need to feel bad about that game because things ended up going pretty all right that season afterwards. It was a little footnote, a little learning experience, a little sort of a subplot to keep an eye on as you kind of go back and look at that championship run for the Raptors. That, that, of course, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, that series just <laughs> on like, I thought, I yeah. thought Aaron Gordon did a good job on him, uh, but yeah, that was just nuts. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish he was still on the Raptors. I'm going to say it. It's a hot take. Uh, it would be cool if he was still 
playing for the Raptors, but that's okay because we have Michelob Ultra to, uh, you know, help us uh, get over that, I suppose. It's only worth it if you enjoyed it. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game with Michelob Ultra. And thank you to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring this week's podcast with the Ultra Moment of the Week. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Philip, uh, we have a little bit more to get into here as it relates to the Raptors and the Magic. And we were talking before the break about how the Magic, you know, they're kind of in this position where, yes, they could go and take the guys at five and eight. Maybe that's great. But maybe there's a guy in the top four that they've really coveted all season long as a team that tanked their way to the bottom that they really sort of view as the the key to kind of turning things around. I think you could talk yourself into any one of Cade Cunningham, obviously, but also Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs kind of being that next dude for the magic and kind of centering the franchise and the rebuild around one of those guys in a way that maybe you can't quite get there with a Jonathan Kaminga or Scotty Barnes just yet because they seem like a bit more uh, of development developmental projects compared to the guys in the top four. So let me ask you, if the Magic were to view one of those top four guys as their guy, capital T, capital G, who do you think it would be? And how sort of aggressive do you think the Magic would or should be in pursuing that guy? And does that bring into play both of these top 10 picks that they have? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the guy that, I mean, obviously Cade, Cade Cunningham, I think is, is very clearly sure, kind of yeah. the top guy. But uh, I think the guy that kind of fits who the magic are right now fits the magic roster really well and also gives them kind of the, the guy that they need, I think is Jalen green. Um, right. You know, I, I, I was really impressed with how he played in the G league bubble. Um, I know the G league isn't particularly known for its defense, but uh, he came across as a better shooter, uh, certainly a better score. And I, th- I really felt like the way that he stepped up his game, especially in those kind of final final games to help the ignite make the playoffs because they had to kind of rally to, to get to the playoffs was really impressive. And, and doing that while, you know, Kuminga was out hurt, you know, they were missing a lot of guys. It, it really seems like green green is the best overall score um, in, in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, I think, I think the mad, you know, I don't know if he's, he's necessarily the guy, but like, like if he's the guy in this draft, you know, the magic put a lot into this draft and, and I, and I, I think it, it makes sense to kind of double down a little bit. Um, you've got five and eight, you know, this team's already super young. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've gone through the rotation several times and I'm just like, well, if you add two more draft picks, one of your young guys isn't playing. Like if you go a nine or nine mm-hmm. or even 10 man rotation, one of the young guys that you're trying to, you're trying to play isn't playing. And, and I, and I think the magic also have to be smart and add some veterans to this team as well. Um, and so they've got the resources. I feel they've got the ability to go after, uh, to go after um, uh, one of these top picks. Uh, and, and I think that it makes a lot of sense to kind of use some of this future capital that you created to, to go kind of get that, that centering piece. Again, if you're, if you're, if, if the match aren't convinced Jalen green's the guy, you know, 
or it's Jalen Suggs or whoever, I, I don't, you know, don't do it or go, or go for that guy. Um, if they think like someone below is the guy, like if they think like, you know, some people have been really touting Keon Johnson to me, I'm not super high on him, but if they think Keon Johnson's the next Dwayne Wade, which someone suggested to me, um, just take him at five, you know, who cares? Sure. Um, who cares where, where you take him? So, you know, I think the, the, the number one goal for the magic, this, this draft is get their guy, whoever it is, get their guy. Uh, and if that means you have to trade up and spend some of the assets that you've collected, you know, you've got the $17 million trade exception. You've got your two draft picks. You've got your future pick. You've got a few future picks. Um, although I wouldn't, those are probably more coveted than anything else. Um, and you've got, you know, frankly, you've some veteran players or some players on your roster that you're not super married to, you know, I would, I would be, sure. I would be looking to spend as much as I need to, to, to go make that happen and, and really find that central piece to start this rebuild. Yeah. I, I think this is where the Raptors come in as a pretty interesting team because, you know, I, I still think it's more likely than not. They just take whoever of those top four guys falls to four because all of them fit really well and fit direct needs that the team has, whether it's Jalen Suggs becoming the new sort of replacement for Kyle Lowry, whether it's Jalen Green fitting in as a scoring two guard who can help grease the wheels of the half court offense, whether it's Evan Mobley coming in and erasing the bad memories of Aaron Baines playing center for the Raptors for a year. You know, all of those guys are wonderful fits, but as I've talked about, and I will talk about again tomorrow with Scotty Barnes uh, being the subject of the show, you know, the Raptors are not going to be beholden to the consensus. And I could very much see them looking at either Kuminga or Barnes as long skilled wings where there's a lot to sort of work with there and potentially sort of mold into some kind of wing superstar. Like I could definitely see the Raptors talking themselves into one of those guys and not going with the consensus. And that's, Totally fine. You know, if the Raptors, they're smarter than I am. If Messiah, Jerry, Bobby Webster say, hey, this is our guy. Scotty Barnes is our guy and not Jalen Suggs at four. I, you know, sure, I I would like Jalen Suggs. He seems pretty cool, but also I'll kind of trust the process on that one a little bit. Um, Maybe that's, you know, following blindly. But, you know, the Raptors have a pretty good track record of this type of thing. So this becomes really interesting with the Raptors and Magic at four and five. And I wonder like if they're going to be some sort of like games of cat and mouse between the two teams, because maybe the Raptors get win that Orlando really wants Jalen Suggs and the Raptors actually want Scotty Barnes. And are, are they going to sort of force some sort of trade, maybe play like they want Jalen Suggs, even if they do want Scotty Barnes to force Orlando's hand, you know, I don't necessarily think, and we can talk about this actually a couple of weeks ago, someone sent in a trade uh, idea uh, that we'll get to coming up uh, and I'll throw it your way, Philip, but you know, <laughs> Do you think that's a possibility of the Raptors and Magic kind of playing this game of cat and mouse and maybe the Raptors trying to drive up the price, maybe force them to throw that eighth pick into a deal to move up? That seems like a really high price to pay. But I guess when you're thinking about Orlando and their future and the picks that they're projected to have going forward, probably pretty good picks going forward. You know, Maybe Orlando's more comfortable trading the number eight pick as that second asset to move up as opposed to what you see, you know, say in the Luka Doncic trade where, okay, we'll trade a future first for next year or two years from now. And then that can be the sort of thing that sweetens the pot here. Maybe the sort of known entity that is the eighth pick becomes that asset they're okay moving on from as opposed to some pick down the line that could be a lot better. Um, do you see that sort of game kind of developing here, especially, I guess, because Jeff Weltman has that history with the Raptors. It feels like it, it could be a fun little dynamic on draft night. Maybe we get ourselves an Anton James and Vince Carter four or five trade of some kind, uh, something weird going on with the Raptors at four and Orlando at five. How do you sort of view that 
whole yeah. uh, onion right there to, to, to peel yeah. to peel apart. I mean, I, I I think I think one of the reasons why I I reached I reached out to you like in the moment the lottery ended essentially to, to get ready for the 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 locked on uh, the locked on ultimate mock draft coming up here. Um, was, you know, I, I kind of looked at Toronto as, you know, a team that, you know, and you could maybe correct me on the situation, but Toronto is a team that, that probably believes it will be back in the playoffs next year. And, you know, those teams yes. are looking more for sure things. I, I, I would, I would think they're not looking to necessarily bring in rookies who are going to need some time to develop. And obviously like, you know, Kaminga might need some time to develop or Barnes might need some time to develop. Um, they're, they're looking for more sure things in the top of the draft. While there are a lot of very, very talented players, you know, no draft pick is ever a sure thing. So, you know, I, I think the magic could certainly attach, you know, maybe like five. I don't think they, I don't think to move up one spot, I don't think they'd attach five and eight. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think kind of, you know, my, my, my initial, you know, discussions with you that, that we had probably a little overzealous, um, but um, just because of, of the panic of, of the moment of falling out of that top four. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think they, I don't think they trade five and eight to move up one spot, but Certainly, you know, five, maybe 33, because the Magic have a valuable second round pick that they could they could attach to a deal. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I jokingly told I jokingly told you that, you know, maybe Terrence Ross would be back on the table, give five plus a <laughs> plus a valuable veteran. I mean, plus a, a valuable veteran to kind of supplement and support a, a roster that believes it's going to the playoffs next year um, might be a little bit more realistic. Um, but, you know, again, it, 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 it's, it's really just about the Magic, you know, that assessing, you know, whether it's, you know, if it's Jalen Suggs, if it's Evan Mobley, whoever it is, is that the guy that they want to target? I mean, it, it might come down to, let's see how the draft plays out uh, first and then see and see what kind of shakes out at four or five. And if, you know, it goes as, as planned, you know, is, is Suggs worth moving up one spot for, or is Suggs worth, is Suggs the guy that they want to target? It's not, not even necessarily about the spot. It's about, uh, tar- it's about targeting a player more than anything sure. else. Um if that's the player they want to target, and, you know, again, I, I'm not against, you know, giving up a lot. I mean, obviously, the more you give up, the more pressure that is on that prospect to deliver. Um, and that can be a little bit unfair to, to, to give on 19-year-old guys. But, um, but you know, again, if you're sure that that's the guy, I, I, think, I think you go for it. And, and, and you know, you, you, you don't go crazy. You don't give up like three first-round picks to move up one spot, obviously. But, huh. uh, but you, 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 find, you try and find a deal to make, to make it work to get your guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to how how drastic the drop off these front offices view that four to five pick, right? And maybe you know internally the Magic think, oh crap, like after four, you know, the, this is a real sort of steep drop off, and we we want one of those sure thing guys, or you know, as close to a sure thing as you can get, I suppose, for a nineteen year old in the draft. And none of these guys are sure things, um, except maybe Cade at this point, but. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and the magic the a, magic are not expecting to make the playoffs next year. Like, uh, like yeah, and that's the that's thing that's too, the right? reality. Yeah. Like we know, and, and I think the magic know <laughs> they'll get another bite at the apple next year. Sure, sure, and, and that's the thing with the Raptors that kind of gives me pause on them trading down is because they don't figure to have another bite at the apple, or they don't want to have another one, and they stand a better chance of getting their guy at number four. Just you know, the the talent drop off as we've talked about. Maybe that's enough for them to say, you know what. It's not worth moving down for us to get two lesser prospects, even though it'd be nice to add two guys to our development system. You know, maybe that's not really the move for us. I could also see them saying, hey, we think, you know, this is a pretty loaded top of the draft. Maybe we go down and we get, we, maybe we can convince Orlando to give up five and eight. Maybe we give up our own future first round pick or something like that as some sort of protected pick to kind of sweeten the pot and balance the scales a little bit. The Raptors also have two picks in the 40s this year to potentially sweeten a deal. 
you know, the theory behind the Raptors moving down to five and eight would be, hey, we get two more guys to throw in here. And because of our developmental sort of success we've had, maybe we get two shots of developing a guy into a star as opposed to one. And so that's pretty interesting to me, even though the Raptors timeline suggests they probably want someone who's a little bit more ready from day one. Um, we'll get into some cool trade ideas and sort of try to figure this out and see if there is a deal to be kind of come to between these two teams uh, in terms of moving up or down. We'll get to that in a second here, but first we should tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com. And Philip, I don't know about you, but I'm a car dum dum. I don't know anything about cars. I don't know what the pieces do. The pieces you see, I just called car parts pieces. I'm an (laughs) idiot, Uh, but uh, rockauto.com has helped me save money. When I go to the store and the mechanic says the new piece I need costs X amount of dollars. I know rockauto.com is not going to charge that much. And they also have more options than the mechanic is going to have. You know, oftentimes the mechanic has one piece they're selling you. Yes, I'm leaning into this bit. Uh, but, you know, on rockauto.com. Trust me, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know the difference, so it's okay. <laughs> Excellent. I'm just viewing cars as puzzles, apparently. But they, they, uh, they, pretty much, they pretty much are with, with you know, like if, if, you ever, if you ever need your like car to do body work, they have to like take, they have to like take it apart like a puzzle. So oh, yeah. not, I don't I think open, you're far off. <laughs> when I opened, oh God, what's the front of the, the hood, the lid? The hood. <laughs> this the hood. is so embarrassing. <laughs> Well, the I open the lid of the car holder. and look at the doohickeys underneath the lid of the car. It looks like a Rubik's cube to me. Uh, and so Rock Auto is helping you <laughs> those sort <are> easy. through. <laughs> They're helping you sort through all that confusion. If you are a person who doesn't know a lot about cars, maybe you do and you just want to save money. You can also do that if you're a professional or an experienced car person at rockauto.com. You have reliably low prices. You have all the parts and selection you are ever going to need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So the know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You got baseball season in full swing, the trade deadline's heating up, and that's going to affect the World Series odds. You can throw some money down on your beloved Toronto Blue Jays or the Tampa Bay Rays or any other uh, teams located in Florida that Toronto has crossed paths with, perhaps. Of course, you got the NBA Finals going on. The Stanley Cup Finals are over, but you can probably already bet on who's going to win next year's Stanley Cup. Probably bet on Tampa because they're very, very good. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're loaded. They they cheat the the salary cap in the coolest way possible. They rock. Uh, go and bet on the Lightning to win next year's cup, probably. Uh, before the next pitch, face off, tip off, go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to and through the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on, all one word, at betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, Philip, I want to throw a trade proposal your way. This came in uh, via one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Chuck Hayes Fan Club. Uh, Very fun Raptors internet personality, Twitter question asker and the like. And the question from Chuck Hayes Fan Club is, Raptors trade the fourth overall pick and salary for Orlando's fifth, eighth, and Wendell Carter Jr. Is this A, realistic, and B, a good trade for either team? I have a feeling I know where you're going to come down on this, and I think I know where I come on down on this as well. Uh, but what do you think of that trade? And if that is sort of a baseline and you don't think it's a good deal, 
what would you add in there to sort of balance the scales out and make it a palatable deal for the magic here? Because I think we are not being, we don't need to sugarcoat this. This feels like a pretty good trade for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that feels like a lot. I mean, I, I know, I know Carter's set to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably lower on Carter than, than, than some other magic fans. Although I think he played really well uh, to, to end the season. I, I still need to see a little bit more from him. Uh, and, and I'm not sold. He can be a starting center in this league. Still. I think he, I think I've kind of said like, if he could get Derek favors career, he he'd be in really good shape. And then that's, that, sure. that'd probably be a good spot for him. But um, I, I, I think that's a little bit too much giving up four five and Carter. Um, you know, this, I, I've got the Raptors salary sheet up here. Um, the Raptors don't have a lot of, salary to move right now. Um, and I did not realize how little salary they, they can move right now um, with just the, the number of uh, uh, non-guaranteed contracts and, and uh, that, that, that they have available. And obviously they got to kind of preserve room or, or keep a space open for Kyle Lowry um, if, if they're planning to re-sign him. Um, you know, really the only salary, you know, it, to, to make that deal work for me, um, I, I would probably prefer that we leave eight out and make it five and Carter for uh for four and Ananobi, but you know, even that might be the Raptors giving up too much. Um oh, yeah. OG is not very, touchable. Yeah. He's the most untouchable player on the team. Yeah. Okay. And and so if if that's I mean, because I mean OG would fit perfectly into the Magic's uh trade exception. Um, but like looking at the Raptors salary sheet, then if OG's off the table, I assume Van Vliet's off the table, and I assume Siakam's off the table, there's yeah. there's not a lot there for the Raptors to kind of add to to make it work. So it, it would have to be, you know, something like something like five. And obviously, obviously I know the magic would have to add something, but like it would, it would probably have to end up being like five, you know, maybe the magic are willing to give up Michael Carter Williams to, to, to move up to four, you know, maybe mm-hmm. like five MCW and, and 30 and the 33rd pick in this draft uh, for, for four um, that to me, that's the magic not giving up a ton. They keep, they keep eight. So they keep that flexibility with the second, with that second pick. Um, but they still give up a really val- at least to them, a valuable player in Michael Carter Williams. I think they really appreciate his leadership and his defense. Uh, I know that there's Carter. Will- MCW is a very flawed player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a superstar or anything. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not here. I, I am not here like saying, Oh, you should start Michael <laughs> Carter Williams. Do not start Michael Carter Williams. That is a mistake. Do not start him. He should be sprinkled in. He, in, he instigates, he gives you a little bit of edge. He defends well. He causes a little bit of chaos in the paint and, and at the basket, but you, you, you don't, you don't want him playing 25, 26, 27 minutes. You need him playing maybe 12 to 14 minutes a game just to kind of mix things up for you off the bench. And, and yeah, he can spot start for you if you need him to, but you don't want to rely on him too much. Uh, I, I, let me, let me make that clear. Um, but at $3.3 million, that's not a huge salary to give up. It's not a, it's not super onerous to the Raptors. He is a player that I think could contribute to them. Um, I, I'm selling you on this obviously. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but again, like, I, I don't know if that's enough to move the needle to, to make something happen. There's just, there's just not a lot of salary ballast to, 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 to match things here. Let me, let me throw a different, different offer for you though. Instead of yeah. Wendell Carter jr. Would it, would yeah. it work, would it work better to do uh, Mo Bamba instead? Hmm. Interesting. It, it, this is a really difficult one because, you know, I don't think the Raptors are going to be compelled to move down unless it is sort of like a King's ransom offer from a desperate team. And maybe that makes like Oklahoma city, more of a sort of target here because they seem 
particularly perturbed by getting the sixth pick as opposed to number one, because that's basically what they put all their eggs in that basket for. And they have um, so and the much, magic draft, they have so much yeah. draft capital to spend. That's the thing. And it's like, you get into a trade, you know, negotiation with the thunder and it's like, well, give us all the picks. Like, I don't know what to say. You have all these picks, trade them to us if you want to move up. And, and so maybe that's the better team to sort of hold over the barrel as it were than the magic who seem perfectly content to go five and eight. And like I've sort of talked about the thing with the Raptors is they need to sort of get some help now for the team and, you know, supplement the core of Van Vliet and an OBC Occam who are not going anywhere in any of these trade conversations, unless there's a superstar to be had. And I just, I don't like Carter might help with that. He also is an uncertain sort of prospect and he's got to be paid this off season. They already have to pay Gary Trent jr. This off season as well. And if you're bringing in Carter, it would stand to reason that, okay, you want to bring in a guard in the draft to kind of fill things out. You've gotten your center taken care of with the, the selection of, uh, with, with the addition of Carter. And then, you know, you want to go and get a Jalen Suggs, but if you're trading down, that probably means the magic have their eyes on a Jalen Suggs or someone like that, either Jalen green or Suggs, whoever's there at number four. And then that becomes like, why are you doing this trade? If you aren't getting what you kind of need for the next couple of years, um, and Mo Bamba to kind of bring it back to him. I don't think he offers that sort of help right now, right? He's very much a yeah. developmental guy, sort of a redraft prospect at this point. And I'm not sure the Raptors want to invest in him being like the center of the future, considering they already have Kem Birch and Freddie Gillespie on the roster and figured to be the backup backcourt or front, front court for the Raptors going forward. If they're able to bring back Birch, which sounds like they probably are. So yeah, it, it's a tricky one to navigate. And, and I, I don't think Mo Bamba really does it. Like I said, I think if the Raptors are going to make this trade, it's because the Magic or some other team have gotten super desperate because, you know, and they're offering just like an offer you can't refuse. And they're talking themselves into either Scotty Barnes or Kaminga or whoever. And maybe like a Moses Moody at number eight to sort of supplement things. You know, that that's all that, that could all totally make sense for them. But because of the Raptors situation and the fact that that fourth pick is either being used to go get a star or draft the hypothetical star of the future for the team. I think it's going to take a lot more than just five plus Bomba to, to get it done. Um, yeah. Which is fine. No, no, you know, that's just fine. Which is fair. Here. Which yeah, is fair. They're, they're just, they're may not, they're, they're like, like I, I always tell people around the trade deadline, like what you want to find is a framework for a deal. Like the, the P like the other yeah. pieces of the puzzle might not, not be, might need to be flipped out or, or changed a little bit, but there needs to be like a, a clear structure for a deal. Like, you know, the, the, the perfect example of this was when the, when the Raptors acquired Serge Ibaka, like we all could see Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross coming. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was yeah. just very clear. Their salaries matched. There's a clear need for Toronto. You know, Orlando's going to try and get the best player they can. Uh, like there, it was just very, very clear that, that, that like things were lining up to make a deal happen, make a deal happen on that front. Like we looked you know, like at this year's trade deadline, I was looking around at the trade offers and I was like, you know, Denver makes sense for Aaron Gordon. They need a guy like him. They have Gary Harris, yeah. who, you know, salary virtually matches. Um, you know, if Orlando could get an art, you know, we would probably make that deal work as RJ Hampton. And, and, and it took, you know, I think it took some, some hand wringing, but the match were able to get RJ Hampton out of them for that. And, and I think, I think, I think, you know, like you could, you could kind of see the deal structure, you know, very, very clearly there. And, and I, you know, I think one of the impediments of, the magic and Raptors trading with each other is it's just one spot. And, and I know spot yeah. doesn't matter as much as person as player, but it, 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 I think it, it takes a lot more to justify, uh, you know, 
you know, it, it, it's always going to be a little more hesitant to say like, look, I, I'm just moving up one spot. Like I'd rather, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can make a 50, 50 gamble that you're going to take Kuminga over Suggs and get my guy anyway. I mean, I, I, I think that's part of, part of the issue. And I mean, you know, talking about Oklahoma city too, you know, there, there could very well be a bidding war. And, you know, I was just having this conversation with some, with some fans yesterday where we were kind of relitigating uh, the Luka Doncic draft and, and there are reports that the magic wanted to trade up for Luka Doncic. And there are people like, why didn't the magic trade up to go get Trey young at three or, or, or go get Trey young at five. And I said, Hey guys, like Dallas had the fifth pick, like they, they were going to win that bidding war because they had the, the, the Trump card. Like if, 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 uh, if they would have, tra- if Atlanta would have traded down to six, they were not getting Trey young. And that was, that was clearly their goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you got to find kind of these frameworks for deals and, and yeah. And especially on draft night, you got to kind of ward off other teams. And so again, maybe that Trump card is the magic, the magic kind of do something similar where it's like five and five and uh, like lottery protected pick next year or lottery protected, protected pick, um, uh, you know, a little, a, a few years down the road. Um, I, I probably, I probably have to be it. It would probably be five and a lottery protected pick next year. Uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to move up one spot. And, and that might just be the deal. There may not be no, there may be no players exchanged and Toronto just gets, you moves down a spot and gets something extra down the road. But again, like you said, Toronto needs stuff. Now their roster is kind of thin. They need to bring in some young talent. So maybe they'd push for eight. And, and I, and I feel like it would be really, really hard to push to, to make that deal to do five and eight for four straight up. Unless yeah. like the magic are just so convinced whoever they're getting it for, is their guy. And honestly, that then just may depend on how the draft shakes out. Like if, and again, I can't sit here and tell you who I think the magic magic sky is. I have, I have no clue. Like I <laughs> magic fans will tell you it's Jalen green. Um, I I'm not wholly. I mean, I, I'm not wholly convinced Jonathan Kuminga isn't someone that they'd be willing and ready to invest in. Although I think that leads to some oh. problems on the roster as well, but Kuminga um, and Barnes are magic ass picks. If you don't, Oh yeah. Very, uh. very, 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 <laughs> ma- very magic picks. But at the same time, like at the same time, you know, the magic traded Aaron Gordon and a lot of the questions with Aaron Gordon was, well, can he play with Jonathan Isaac? Can they both? And I think Kuminga is more of a three than anyone else. The magic have, but mm-hmm. they also have Chumo Kiki that they really like, you know, they, the, we call everyone here calls him baby Kawhi just because of his demeanor and his, and his skill set. Um, I don't think he's Kawhi Leonard. Don't, 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 don't let me, <laughs> don't let me overhype him there. Um, but like you want to kind of, go back into that tempest. And, and, and again, this is why it's so important to me to find that star player, the guy that everything centers around, because, you know, the question you're asking is, can Kuminga play with Okiki? Can Kuminga play with Isaac? It seems like the roster centered around them, but then you got to flip it around and say, well, is Kuminga just better than both of them, right? Both of them anyway. And if that's the case, then one of them's probably got to go, or one of them is going to have to be happy coming off the bench. And again, that, that can be a little bit tricky. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the magic need to find their guy. Uh, it's just a question of, Who's, who's that guy and, and how far up are they willing to trade and what are they willing to trade to get him? I look forward to the many leaks and, uh, you know, cat and mouse between the Raptors front office and their old GM, Jeff Weltman. That should be a ton do, of fun. Do, do either, do either uh, of our teams leak things? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just like about each other. I, I, I'm just like... <laughs> The magic, we'll, we'll see. Like, but. like magic, the magic don't have a coach, and we have no clue like where they are, <laughs> where they are in the process, or like who who the front runners are at this point. Yeah, well, it's uh, it'll be fun to try to figure out over the next few weeks here. Uh, Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic. This was a ton of fun, man. Where can people check out you and the show? 
Yeah, they can, of course, find find me on Locked On Magic. Uh, subscribe wherever you download podcasts for that. And you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-1-L-R-R underscore omd. Awesome. Uh, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, Locked On Raptors, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that as well. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again soon. Philip. if there are any trades to be had between the Raptors and Magic, I'm sure we will have a discussion about it uh, again very, very soon here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.